Welcome to the podcast, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the incredible students, staff, and community we have here in the Cache County School District. We are your hosts. I'm Tim Smith. And I'm Gary Thomas. Join us as we hit the road to visit schools across the district and explore what makes learning in Cache County such an awesome adventure. For years, our students have led the state in literacy proficiency. We thought it might be interesting to get a little in-depth look behind the scenes on how that takes place and the science behind it, but also to give parents some insight on what they can do to help their children when it comes to learning to read. Today, Tim is on the road, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jake Downs, who is our literacy coordinator for the Cache County School District. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. How long have you been with the Cache County School District, and what positions have you held in our district? Uh, I started in 2012, and uh, I was uh, started out as paraprofessional. I did that for a few years, was actually a, a, a night sweeper while I was doing student teaching, and then uh, brief stint as second grade teacher, then fourth grade, and here I am. You know, you alluded to your uh, time as a paraprofessional. Can you give us a little insight into how the district teaches literacy? Well, yeah, one thing that I've I've realized more now in uh, in this position as, as a literacy coordinator is that the the cash name really does convey. I mean, it, it has weight in the in the state of Utah, and uh, you know, you've you've had this you know in your position, but people will ask what cash is doing specifically. And so, you know, the way that the way that we've structured things is is you know, we believe really strongly in in students being able to have fluent and automatic decoding skills. And so, we have homogenous grouping for so homogenous meaning, you know, every every student is getting instruction that's differentiated for them or, or aligned to their needs in kindergarten and and first grade and then some of our schools do it up through second grade as well where there's a, a block of instruction time that that's you know, we have an army of para pros that are able to have small group instruction that's targeting exactly what the students need. And that's important. And it, it but it's really important because it combines with effective whole group class instruction that our teachers are delivering. And and that's what makes this this whole, you know, W-H-O-L-E whole that, um, you know, really does a good job of accelerating students learning and getting them to process print smoothly and efficiently. So in the in the later grades, we can attend more to meaning because kids can process print really effectively. You know, parents may hear the terms in our district tier one or tier two in reference to reading instruction. And what does what does that mean in our district? You know, when, when we say tier one, what we mean is is whole group classroom instruction. And so this is instruction that is is with the teacher and, and that's instruction that's meant to cover the core standards uh, for, for the respective grade level and is meant to be the foundation and the bedrock to, you know, to help students achieve the, the literacy goals and proficiencies for that specific grade. And then in addition to that, you know, that that's where that tier two um, comes into play. And that that's instruction that is where that, that homogenous term, right, that I threw around over or, or the grouping based on similar needs. So it's this student, this student, this student, they have a similar reading profile, they have a similar learning need. We're going to put them in a group and give them instruction that's directly aligned with that. And this kid, this kid, this kid, they have similar needs. We're going to put them in a group and give them instruction they need. And and it's, um, you know, there's decades of research around that process. And it's it's called response to intervention or multi-tiered systems of support. And what the, the research says on is that those tiers are additive. And so it's it's that we have a, a really good whole group classroom instruction of tier one and adding on to that with a second tier of instruction where students are getting uh, more s- small grouped or, or uh, instruction that is aligned to what their specific needs are using, you know, using data to determine that need. 
Great. Thank you. You know, Jake, I hear a lot about uh, the science of reading. What is the science of reading? You know, science of reading, uh, it's, it's actually a term that's been around for over 100 years in one form or another, but it's really taken or uh, caught traction here in the last probably five years. And there's there's been some work by some prominent journalists and authors that have, have tried to draw attention to certain things nationally that where there's a research base of we know how to teach kids reading, but there's common approaches or common curriculum that are not uh, that are not aligning with with that need. And so it's it's been a term that's just sort of taken off and it's it's almost been like, you know, an avalanche. Uh, you know, and part of it's been very grassroots. It's been driven by teachers and parents saying that we, we need to have curriculum and instruction that's that is good for our, our students, that aligns instruction, that aligns with how the brain processes text and doesn't work against how the brain processes text. And in the Utah context, it's it's been kind of coming for a few years. But last year, a year ago, so February 2022, uh, there was some really important legislation at the at the state where the, the state kind of puts a stake in the ground and says, we, we believe in the science of reading, uh, provide trying to align resources and instruction to make sure that all of our students are receiving you know, quality language uh, or quality language and reading instruction. The the neat thing I think about the science of reading is that it's something that Cash has already been on board with for you know twenty years since we we sort of started this uh, whole machine of how we operate in K two. You know, you alluded to some legislation that was passed here in the state. Uh, I believe our kindergarten through third grade teachers, along with all of our special ed teachers across the state, are involved in something called letters. Uh, can you explain to our listeners uh, what this is and what it entails? Yeah, so uh, letters is L-E-T-R-S and uh, language essentials for teaching reading to students. I, I think that language essentials for teachers are the first, first three letters. Um, but it's a really well-regarded professional learning platform and it's it's really designed to be a whole package you know that legislation i talked about yeah you know sb 127 there were a lot of a lot of moving parts to that but one was that every kindergarten through third grade teacher in the state of utah was was required to take this letters training and it, it's a two-year gig um it's uh, it's it's very rigorous you know that's something that Originally, you know, I remember I was sitting in the state meeting and and I was watching kind of other legislation pieces around all day kindergarten, but I had no idea that this was even something that was being talked about or that that happened. And I just remember when the the, the state was telling us the state meeting here, some legislation was passed. This is what it means. And it took them a whole half hour just to outline all the provisions of it and how it's going to affect, you know, different parts of education throughout Utah. And I think my jaw just kept <laughs> dropping, you know, getting getting lower and lower to the floor. I, I was skeptical, uh, not skeptical necessarily of the content, but skeptical of the whether it would be beneficial to us as, you know, in, in cash where we've we know phonics, we've done phonics where we, we, we believe in in things like phonemic awareness and we believe in things like like reading fluency. I didn't know if it would be that beneficial for us, but as we've we've gone through it and I'm looking at all these things that I've I learned about, like in my doc program that uh, but are much more packageable and palatable and teacher friendly. It's I'm realizing that, yeah, this is this is actually exactly what I, I think is is beneficial to help take our district to the next level, you know, over over the next several years. And uh, I'm grateful for all the teachers that have 
just leaned into it and have been willing to do it and been willing to to learn from it and know that it's a long road. It's it's two years, but I think we come out on the other side and as a as a school district will be better. I think our school teachers will be more uh, equipped with different uh, pedagogical teaching approaches to support their students and. Uh, even at the the district level, you know, Gary, we're we're having conversations almost weekly on, um, you know, what this means or what that means, or or shifting things, or you know, thinking what systems approach, you know, at this level, of how how does this influence what we do, and how do we how does it influence us to do it better in, in the future, so we can make sure all of our readers are getting the support they need to become proficient. Well, and I just want to throw out a thank you to our teachers because I know this is a, a pretty rigorous course. It's a, it's very time consuming. And I know a lot of the time and effort put into this is, is on their own dime and their own time. And so our teachers have been great in, in accepting this and moving forward. So I just want to throw a, a little kudos out to our teachers. Yeah, I would 100% echo that as well. Um, you know, none of us asked for this. Even, even, you know, I talked to people at the state level, they're like, hey, we didn't ask for this either. You know, it just, it was legislation. It was law. It was signed by the governor. And, and so, you know, we know in education, sometimes it's all right, let's, you know, roger that I've, I've got it. Let's, let's get to work. And I think our teachers have taken it on with, with a lot of grace and with a lot of understanding. And I, and with a lot of application too, you know, that the knowledge doesn't do a lot of good if it isn't applied and if things aren't tinkered with in the classroom and if little instructional techniques aren't tried out to help shift and see if students respond to it better. So I, I can't say thanks enough to, to our teachers that are doing it because um, it's a lift that they're lifting and they're doing it really well. I agree. You know, uh, learning to read is, it's just amazing when you really stop and think about it. Uh, some people just think it's almost magical. And, and once you do learn how to read, it is magical. It takes you into a, a whole new world. So we know that there's science behind it. We know there's processes. Uh, it's not just some magic little switch that gets flipped and all of a sudden kids can read. But uh, if you had to break it down, simple terms, how do children learn to read? Just give a broad 10,000 foot view. We, we know what the or, well, we know largely there's there's two major factors that are going to play into it. And the one factor is decoding. Can a child be able to, and decoding broadly defined in the sense that when a student sees a word, can they recognize that word with little, as little cognitive effort as possible so that as they string words and sentences together, they have a lot of cognitive bandwidth. You can almost think about it as, you know, like Wi-Fi bandwidth at your house to be able to focus on meaning. Um, and so that's why it, at the earliest level, you know, we do things with like letter sound relationship because we have to cement an individual sound to an individual letter. And we, we know that that's how the brain processes text, that, that it's, it's about cementing sounds to letters. And then as, and the really cool thing about the brain is the brain gets more efficient over time. So it goes from individual sounds and individual letters to we can start doing multiple letters at a time. So instead of, you know, g and l being g and l, we can look at goal and the brain can start to process that as a single unit. And over time, the brain can actually get to the point where it processes nearly all of the words that it, you know, that it, that it reads with little to no cognitive effort. Uh, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm driving by and I see, uh, you know, what the prices are at Lee's on the, on the board, I'm not, I'm not, I can process those words automatically because my brain has developed such efficient pathways. There's a whole other side to that coin, which is brain's ability to process language. And we, 
sometimes think of language as just vocabulary, individual words, but it's the order we put the words in. It's the number of words in the sentence. It's how we arrange the, the, the nouns and the verbs and the adjectives. And it's how we connect ideas across sentences. And all of that plays into it as well. And so, you know, de- decoding can get the cars in the parking lot, but it's language that tells where each of the cars need to park in order to, to make sense. And, uh, you know, as we switch more towards the upper grades, right, that was kind of more what it looks like in the younger grades. In the upper grades, it's all about text and it's all about complex text and it's about reading in different genres. So narrative and informational, but also different subgenres. And those different types of texts have different language structures. And so it's about teaching what are the, what are the big ideas in this text? What is the relationship between them? How is this text organized and how do ideas change throughout the course of this text? And then also explicitly saying, Hey, this is fantasy text that we're reading. Here's how fantasy texts are organized and the ideas around it. And then on the next text, you know, this is actually a, an autobiography. These, this is how an autobiography is typically organized. Here's the big ideas around it. And those are all things that help students use those efficient decoding and blending and and reading fluently and accurately skills to leverage it to really making meaning and being able to understand what what a text is saying. So, you know, no matter which way you slice it, it always goes back to the text, big ideas and the relationship between them and being able to process that text uh, smoothly and accurately. Jake, what are some of the things that parents can do to help their children in this process of learning to read? I love that question because I think there are, I mean, there, there's a continuum of things that are, are going to really make the difference, but at a, at a very simple and broad level, and, and this is going to be so cliche, but it, it truly is reading aloud to your students. Uh, you know, listening comprehension outpaces reading comprehension. I know it's well into middle school, if not high school. So, you know, that means if, you know, I've got a kindergartner at home, um, I can read really rich texts to him. And even though he can't, he, you know, he can do some of the decodable books and, and we're doing okay with that, but he can language wise process a text that's going to be much more advanced than what he can read right now. And what that does is that's going to plow fertile soil so that as he does get to the point where he can read more complex texts, he almost has a holding place in his brain for those long words and those structures and those, those, even the, even those words specifically. So that's an important one. And, and I think that's important even through all elementary, you know, being able to, you know, play audiobooks in the car when you're driving in the summer. I also think reading with your student is going to matter a whole lot as well. I'll tell you exactly what I do. I've got a kindergartner right now and how, how we do decodables. So, you know, initially I tried to just, Hey, we're going to read this. Like, Hey, we're, you know, military, like let's, let's do this right now. And, and he kind of pushed back a little into that. He, he decided that he wanted time to, to sort of look through it first, which so I, you know, that's fine. Great. Go for it. Then what we do is we actually read the text out loud together at the same time. And so I'm blending word by word with him and I'm staying just just a sliver ahead of him. And we do that once throughout the entire text. And then we go back and he will either he'll just read it all together uh, independently or we'll go and we'll alternate words. So he reads a word, I read a word, he reads a word, I read a word. And then the third time he just reads it out loud and, and does it really well. It's not cheating if you're reading with your child. You know, sometimes we feel like the kid has to decode every single word and read every single word individually. Oh, no, that's not the right word. Try it again. Try it again. Reading is really, really challenging when you're learning to do it. I mean, it is taking every ounce of bandwidth that the brain has. And so we can support our readers by we can read that text out loud with them at the same time. And we do want to progress to the point where they're reading it individually. But 
not being afraid to go through a text multiple times and being able to, if, if they can't sound out a word, hey, hey, Elliot, listen to me. Listen to me read this word. That. Okay, let's do it together. That. Okay, now it's your turn. That. Okay, now say it the fast way, that. And so being able to do it with your kid and teaching it with them at the same time. And that goes even up if you have a reader that's, you know, maybe third, fourth, fifth grade that struggles to read, get a chapter book, read it out loud with them at the same time. And you can have them go back, reread a section, or you can say, hey, uh, okay, now you read this paragraph on your own. But, you know, alternating and sharing is a way to um, still give them the scaffold to be able to help them or the support to help them read it smoothly, but also, you know, helps them become more independent over time. Jake, I know you read quite a bit and you're not like everyone. Uh, you like to read data and research. That's some of the stuff that you like to get in. What is the latest data and research telling us and, and where are we headed as a district? I look really broadly and you hear about the pendulum swing in education a lot. And I feel that right now this, this science of reading movement is part of the pendulum swing in the sense that, or, or I guess what makes it different than previous sort of national level movements is that I feel that this one has a lot more of the the teacher involved in it. So that's what I see right now. There's a lot of research happening around teacher content and pedagogical, so teacher knowledge of how the brain works and what it means for instruction and how that influences instructional practices. I think that's a really big area of interest right now in research. And then I think there's a really big area of, of research now of, you know, how do you take all of these all of these individual pieces, we, you know, we, there, there's more in the curriculum than you can teach in a day. There's more in the curriculum than you can teach in a week. And, and there's, there feels like there's all of these uh, competing priorities. And I think there's a lot of interest in the research right now saying, how do we choose which puzzle pieces matter most? And how do we make the most of our whole group instruction time? And how do we make the most of our, um, our small group instruction time? And then I think there's also a really uh, interesting thread that's coming out that's de dealing more with adolescent literacy. So we're talking that middle, you know, it's talking like fourth grade up through up through high school of what is it? How do how do we teach students to comprehend text really effectively and really efficiently? And I, I think, you know, based on my background as a fourth grade teacher, that's the stuff I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, and, and there's a lot of great research happening in that that area now. So those are probably three big areas that I, I see things kind of uh, coalescing around, but it'll be interesting to see how this science of reading movement plays out the next few years and and uh, where, where the research heads with it. You know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I believe you have your own podcast. And uh, I guess if our listeners, if this intrigues them and if they want to learn a little more in depth on all of this, where would they go to, to hear more from you on this? It's called the Teaching Literacy Podcast. And I actually started it back when I was in when I was in my fourth grade classroom, um, and the the idea behind it is I was I was in a doc program and I was I just was reading such great research and researchers are really good at writing to other researchers. Sometimes they're not really good at writing for a teacher audience, and so kind of the idea behind it was, hey, I'm going to go and stuff that I read that I think is really applicable to classroom teachers or, or is good, you know, things to think about. And I'm just going to say, hey, do you want to talk to us about your research and what it means for instruction? And that's been kind of a three, three year thing now. I've got, I don't know, like 30 some odd episodes, but um, that's teaching literacy podcast. 
Very cool. Well, Jake, thank you for joining us uh, this morning. We sure appreciate all that you do uh, here in the district office for, and, and for all of the students in Cache County School District. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And um, it's the teachers that get to do the hard work, you know, it's uh, they're the ones that are teaching the kids every day. And it's we, we depend on them being able to make sure that our kids are are becoming proficient readers. So thanks to all the teachers and glad to be on the show. Well said. I agree. Thanks for listening to our podcast, the podcast post biweekly. So make sure that you tune in and listen. And be sure to visit our website at www.ccsdut.org forward slash podcast, where there's more info about today's episode, as well as pictures 